There are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness. I am Stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. Four girls loitered in the woods on a worn-out hiking trail, and one of them was bleeding. The red droplets fell from the gash on her brow as she undid the laces of her ill-fitting boots. It took her a while to work the knots loose, as her fingers were stiff and misshapen. Hey, freak, what the fuck are you doing? Said her tormentor, a tall, sneering girl with good aim, and another rock ready to throw. She probably doesn't want to wear them since she practically is a wild animal. I overheard the adults whispering that when they found her in the woods, she didn't even remember her own name said a girl who was the exact opposite of the group's leader. Short, and with a smile of someone just happy to have been invited along. You're wrong, said the pale girl, now stripping off her long socks. I didn't forget it. I just don't want you to know it. She sank her ghostly white feet into the slick layer of damp leaves and dark soil. Under her skin, bluish veins laced up from between her long toes, disappearing under the worn cuff of old jeans that hung off her thin frame. She stood back up, just as the welled blood across the gash on her forehead spilled over, leaving a red trail as it snaked down her face. It's because she's a fucking freak, said the bully, raising the rock over her head. Since you seem to like the first one so much, how about another? The pale girl's hands were curled up like dead spiders as she cradled them against her chest. She made no attempt to move out of the way as another projectile flew towards her. This rock was much larger than the first, and it split the girl's lip the instant it struck. Dark red blood filled the crease between her closed lips and then poured down her chin as her mouth curled into a smile that did not reach her gray eyes. Why did you invite me to come play with you? She asked, her torn lip pressed hard into the pee sound when she spoke, sending a burst of red flecks from her mouth. Ugh, she's probably trying to give us rabies. Just push her in already. The redness drained from the face of the bully's accomplice, and the stubby, freckled girl glanced over at a dark split in the forest floor behind their would-be victim. It was a huge crevice, unknowingly deep and lined with jagged rocks that looked like teeth in a slack-jawed maw. One shove is all it would take. But despite the harsh commands being yelled at her, the other girl remained frozen in place. The outcast ignored the two others and turned her attention to the third member of their motley pack. 
She tiptoed through the damp rot of the forest floor until their faces were just a few inches apart. This girl was the youngest by far. She'd stayed silent through the other's wicked game, eyes anchored on the dingy white laces of her red canvas shoes. The color of this one's hair matched that of the rock throwers and was split in a perfect line down the middle with two neat braids resting off kilter behind her bright pink ears. Did your sister tell you what game you'd be playing with the freak from the woods? She asked, hooking a crooked finger around the girl's errant braid. The young girl raised her eyes to peer up at the outcast's face. She was surprised to see a softness in her blood-covered features. The grim smile was gone, and in its place was a red-crusted brow raised in concern. Have you ever heard stories of changelings? The girl's head twitched back and forth, flinching as her older sister screamed at her, demanding she push that freak into the pit. That's okay, I'll tell you, the bloody girl whispered, her tone sweet and comforting. Your fairy tale versions get it wrong most of the time anyway. Above them, bloated gray clouds moved in, turning the white sky dark. They let out a rumble, and then released the storm within them. A long time ago, children weren't allowed to play in the woods. If they went in too far, things would snatch them and swap them out with a disguised one of their own. Some of you say that the human children were raised by changelings as their own, preferring their appearance over their ugly offspring. She paused and looked towards the two other girls before turning back, unimpressed. Others say they were kept as slaves, forced to serve their captors until they died. Neither of these are true, but there are awful things in the woods. And they do have ugly offspring. It's just that sometimes their children are so frightening that they get tricked out into the dark and then they lock the doors behind us. So we're forced to shift into small stringy bodies to survive alone in the human world. Don't talk to my sister, bitch. The leader of the group shoved past her accomplice and lunged, her bright mittened hands balled into fists. But quite quickly, she found herself dangling in midair, the tips of her wet black sneakers swinging inches out of the fresh mud. The changeling tilted back her head and let out a sigh of relief. Jutting out of her dirty blue coat sleeve was a hand that did not match the other, still curled up and trembling. The skin had turned to smooth scales with the same snowy white complexion. The weak misshapen fingers had unfolded into long creeping versions, each tipped with a milky sharp claw that sunk into the bully's face and neck, holding her in midair with ease. The sweet smell of rain became tinged with the sharp smell of urine-soaked jeans that came off the short girl too frightened to move. Anyway, 
The changeling sat, sounding bored when the tallest girl's feet had stopped kicking. Can I tell you a secret? I'm not very good at changing. Do you see these? She asked, holding her still human hand out for the young girl to inspect, ignoring that the child's eyes were shut tight. The ends of each of her fingers were red and swollen, and something smooth bulged and flexed under the thin, tight skin. I've never been able to fold my claws down enough for them to fit, she admitted. They're too big, and I like using them too much. There was a soft squelching sound. Bones popped as they worked themselves into new positions. Fabric tore, and heavy footsteps mixed with the rolling thunder and rain. Then a thud, and then another, as dead weight hit the ground, and all that was left was the patter of rain. Your sister and her friend came out here to harm a strange, lonely girl, and brought an innocent along to be tainted like them. They're worse than us creatures in the shadows. We're merely hungry. The young girl let out a choked whimper when something wet and sharp traced her cheek. But even still, they did me a kindness and showed me a new door. This one's unlocked, and it'll bring me back to my home. And their flesh I will share with my siblings. I will earn my place in the darkness again. For that, she growled, I will return a kindness of my own. If you find yourself in the woods, call out my name, and I will find you wherever you are, and I will lend you my claws, but only once. Call my name again, and you will be reunited with your sister. For I am far too hungry, and one favors already too much. Then the changeling shook the cords in her throat and released the sound of her name into the ear of the small girl, who would never forget it. Along with the glimpses of pale white skin, splattered with red, dragging two limp and wet masses into the craggy split of the earth. What the girl didn't remember was how she got home, and then only parts of the weeks that came after. First, there were police with scratchy blankets, then doctors and nurses that dressed her in thin hospital gowns. Then there were therapists with toys that didn't smell like home. And then finally, there was no one, and she was alone. Years passed, and the girl was not so young anymore, but she was still not old enough to know what was happening when a boy took her out into the woods. It wasn't until after she said no, but she still felt his cold fingers under the clasp of her bra that she realized his danger. What did you say? He huffed in her ear. 
but she'd already said it once and would not be repeating the name of the creature that had already begun to snake out of the dark. Close your eyes, little one, she heard the pale girl say, but she kept them open this time. The glimpses she had of the changeling's true form on that day years ago became a fully fleshed vision of something that no other human had been allowed to survive. Muscles and sinew rippled under the blue-veined skin. Translucent white claws met no resistance as they entered the boy's mouth, open and screaming, and made their slow journey through flesh, teeth, tongue, and bone. If she had closed her eyes, she wouldn't have seen the same claws then gently unwrap the boy's sheepskin-lined coat and watched lifeless limbs slip from the sleeves. You have less fear than the last time I smelled you, said the changeling, holding out the coat on her tendril-like finger. Of you, maybe, but not them, she said, nodding at the mangled body on the ground. She slipped on the coat. The blood on the collar was sticky, but it was still warm, and the girl, aged more now by life than time, was just grateful to be out of the cold. Will I see you again? The girl asked. I told you I'd come once, and no more. So my kindness is done, but I wonder if you feel just as lost in that world as I did. You could come with me, you know. I thought you didn't take human children, said the girl. Not for the reasons your stories say. My children are beautiful, just as terrifying as I. And as you could be too, if you wanted, little one. I'm not dangerous like you. If I did go with you, would you lend me your claws again? Hmm, no. I promised just once and I'm bound by my word. But you fit in that skin so neatly. I could make you a new promise. Follow me down and when we get hungry, hunt with me. Save me from ever having to fold back my claws again. To hide my true form just to lure and prey. You do that, you will not have to borrow, as I will give you your own. For the second time, the changeling kept her word. With fresh meat in her jaws, she returned to the forest, with one finger bleeding and now a great deal shorter than the rest. So not one, but two human lives ended in the woods on that night. One in the dirt and the other when a girl, less human now, with a claw of her own held in her fist, followed her new mother into the places below. Hello everyone. 
In between our stories, we like to highlight a cause that is worth our collective attention. For September, we decided to highlight the People's Fund of Maui. This is a nonprofit dedicated to providing direct financial support to those affected by the Maui wildfires. You can find out more and donate at peoplesfundofmaui.org or from the link on our website at dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. I am someone, and I tell only truth. Whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there. Not to stop them, but to watch them and remind you of the countless terrors your kind has survived all on their own. I've always disliked my birth name. Even as a little kid, I'd announce every few months which new name I decided I'd change it to when I was old enough. Thankfully, my tastes developed a bit because I'm not sure how much I'd like to be named after a six-year-old's favorite cartoon character. But the need I felt to pick my own name only got stronger as I got older. The disconnect I felt from my name isn't the only thing I've experienced since I was a kid, though. I've always experienced frequent paranormal events, some of which going back to my earliest memories. Hearing my name often was a part of these experiences, whether it was being whispered by the small, childlike entity that knelt by my bed or screamed by voices I heard alone in the woods behind our house. Hearing the name I hated was somehow one of the worst parts. I don't doubt that that's why some of these entities did it. It made me feel like no matter how much I wanted to change something about myself, no matter what I decided I wanted to be called at the time, that it didn't matter because on whatever spiritual level these things saw me in, I would always be a version of myself that didn't feel right. Fast forward to my early 20s, I'd made a living out of helping people make permanent changes to themselves. And throughout my years as a tattoo artist, I'd amassed quite a collection of my own body modifications, each one making me feel a little more like the person I saw hiding behind what was in the mirror. But even still, I was no closer to shedding that horrible fucking name than I was when I was six. Nothing I'd found felt right, and I'd pretty much given up on the whole thing. Things were stressful whenever life got dark is when the side of my bed became crowded and the corners of my house were rarely left unoccupied. And they all whispered the same thing. It seemed easier to just try and let it go. It was such a stupid small thing to let it cause me that much frustration. But the funny thing is, is that as soon as I actually did make some level of peace with it, is when three things happened. Someone at my new job actually used the full version of my given name, which I at least preferred to the shortened version everyone used, no matter how I introduced myself. It was like a taste of what I wanted for so long. Then, I found my name. Ironically, I'd had it for years, or the word at least. I'd been keeping it to maybe use as a tattoo, but could never find the right spot. But one morning, I woke up and it was like the realization was unlocked. I filled out all the documents that day and filed them with zero hesitation. A month or two later, the last thing happened. 
My name change was official, and I was on my way to meet a friend and their partner for drinks. About a halfway there, I started to feel as if I wasn't alone in the car. But when I checked the rearview mirror, I just saw the yellow light from the street lamps flashing across my empty back seat. It wasn't until I made the last turn that from over my shoulder, I heard a disembodied and raspy voice hissing my new name. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anodyne Vaughn and Cameron Helquike. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows, help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold its gate.